Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have a fabulous guest today who you may recognize because she's been on before. We have the amazing Monique Durr. How are you, Monique? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, we're good. How are you, Landon? I'm doing all, all right tonight. Yep. Hanging in there. We're hanging in there. That's all we can say. Again, it's like a crazy time in the podcasting world. There's just everything coming in left and right, left and right. We don't even know what to talk about. So, but tonight will be really interesting. So of course, you know, everywhere on social media, Tim Ballard, OUR, everything happening. So I'm often perusing social media, you know, to see what's happening, what's going on so I can appear to be knowledgeable, right, to my podcasting audience. <laughs> but I came across Monique, of course, who I'm connected to you, and looking at her pictures and stuff she posts. And then she makes a comment, something to do with um, Tim Ballard and OUR, where she says something like, oh, I was involved at the beginning, or I've known forever. And I'm like, wait, what? So sometimes, this is my lesson to my viewing and uh, listening audience, sometimes your best source is like right under your nose and might be one <laughs> of your good friends. And you have no idea, you know, you have no idea what they've been up to. No, you just have no idea what they've been invo involved in. So um, Landon and I decided we're just going to have Monique on and we're going to talk about this because she was an, a volunteer very early on with OUR, very early on. But first we will let Monique introduce herself um, again, because not only is she a wonderful person and somebody that was involved in OUR and can speak authoritatively about it, her background is such, once she tells you this, that you will understand why, I mean, she's a badass. She's an expert. So Monique, <laughs> why don't you tell us what you do? <laughs> Thanks. Well, yeah, so we met in the context of musical theater and, and we shared our spiritual journeys and all of that. And so that's kind of our connection. But yeah, when I got your message, oh, I just saw your comment. I, thought, I guess I haven't shared that much of that with Rebecca, but I, I, um, theater is my hobby, right? And I, I teach adjunct and I also have spent many, many years in the nonprofit realm. So before sex trafficking, human trafficking and all of that focus and research, just even my undergrad was international studies. So I spent time in Guatemala working with a lot of nonprofits, work with the Rotary here for funding and, um, and uh, Kenya, I went to Kenya and did some field research. So I've been really involved in the humanitarian nonprofit world for a time and uh, got an MA in journalism so that I could write and record and document some of the things I was witnessing and trying to figure out how to make a mark with all these problems I kept seeing broke my heart. Um, but my math or my PhD focus my um, was sociology, human science, transformative social change. So it's a social science interdisciplinary um, degree. And my research was sex trafficking within pornography. So I really was in a deep dive of what what is that intersectionality? What does that look like? How do we, you know, separate the shame and the and the Puritan aspect of it and just say, well, what's happening to the woman in front of the screen? What do we know? And so because of that, I spent a lot of years volunteering and working as program director or, you know, in um, training in different states, wherever we lived with my husband's job or my job, moving around with our kids. We were young. I would always plug myself in because I wanted my research to be credible and I wanted to be as informed as I could be. So I was, I've been a part of this sex trafficking for a long time, um, the industry of, of fighting it and activism around it. And so in 2016, I came, we came back to Utah, me and my husband, our two little kids, and I was 
about to conclude the preliminary part of my research and coursework and, and dive deep into data collection. Um, so that's kind of where I was with that. And so I, I joined the Utah Trafficking, Utah In-Person Trafficking Force, I say that right, UTIP, um, which is the Utah government's task force to fight trafficking. And, and I met a lot of people here that I was really, found to be really credible and had also worked with over the years. Um, in, when you work in nonprofit, you know, everyone, no one has money and everyone has passion. So I really had my hands in a lot of pots, <laughs> asked to do a lot of different things. And so I already kind of was familiar with some of the, the big players in Utah who were, were a part of this fight. And I connected with them. And of course, I was like, I have to connect with our, right? Because I had left Utah after my undergrad and they had blown up and I came back and, and really wanted to be involved. And it felt divine the way it worked out. I was like, I got my in, I met them at an abolitionist screening. And then um, my husband and I really started act actively being involved in helping promote that movie, The Abolitionist. I don't know if you remember that. It came out, I think 2016 also. Yeah, May. That's right. That was the the footage they had filmed, hoping to sell it to make a documentary or a reality yes, series. Yes, It and didn't so, sell, so right. they cut it into a movie. So you and your yes. husband see this, you're overwhelmed, it's amazing, and you start going out and evangelizing like at theaters to Absolutely. hand out information. Yeah. And, and we're wow, at the, you were all in. the lobby and we're pitching yeah. everyone, kind of, yeah, and then we're even at the movie theater we're at the bottom right before it airs we've got a mic and i'm like all right honey we gotta you know tell us some factoids and we're really pushing this and we got it and and truly fighting trafficking is a noble cause so yeah. me and everyone else who have been actively involved not everyone else me and many people who have been actively involved were ignorant to the underbelly of it all but but legitimately like i i really did brush shoulders with a lot of really good people who were drawn to it for the same reasons that I was, and we were duped. We were duped. That's the honest, that's the bottom line. And so after that, I started working in the office. I went in, I don't know, I think a couple days a week, two or three days a week, I went in for from May approximately, you know, I started with May with the movie and then into the office until October. So it wasn't a terribly long stint. It was long enough. <laughs> and, so, and you were right there in the heart of it. And I, I, I think that we talked to Monique at brunch uh, last week to kind of like prep for this interview. And I was so fascinated to hear the details of the setup of the OUR office. Yeah. I mean, you know, because I picture, you know, they're doing very well. They're in this sleek high rise office building, you know, but but that wasn't exactly it, was it? So, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a CrossFit gym. Like if you're, you'll see it anyway. And they said, well, the CrossFit funds this side of it. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. You know, but I, I didn't understand why they were always in the gym and all the women were in the office working. It was strange to me, but. So you've got the gym floor and then you've got back offices where yeah, all yeah. the work was happening. And then people were, did the women ever work out in the gym or was it always the I men? that were some <laughs> did. I didn't find the time. I'm like, I'm here. I don't have time to go lift weights. Like I, I I'll funny. do that another time but so, but, but so this yeah. is tim ballard and his whole group is out there working out all the time at the cross and you're in the back office yeah, yeah. and um okay. you know i'd pull up i see him running around okay whatever you know but i did notice while i was doing my work there i was writing for their blog i wrote an article on red flags for parents what to watch for i did a few interviews um profiles type things that i would that i wrote about for them and I did a lot of stuff with the, the crowdfunding aspect of, of fundraising and their website, Your Rescue. And anyways, it, it, I saw things that felt wrong and concerning to me, but I ended up leaving 
because I didn't see eye to eye with someone else there, but it was unrelated to all of these allegations. And so at the time I felt like, you know what, as, as much as I, I hate the way this went down and as much as I do see some weird red flags, I, I don't want to be the reason I, I'm not going to bring negativity or contention to a situation organization trying to save kids. Like that's like the cause. What, who am I to do that? Cause. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm like, I, exactly. I, I'd rather just like eat, eat crow and feel bad about it and go on my merry way and let them and keep things to myself. Um, so that's kind of where so I was what at. Kind of, what kind of red flags did you see there that you said you just kind of ignored and then, you know, leaving for more interpersonal relationship right. issues with people there, but you still saw things that made you kind of go, that's unusual, you know? Yeah. So anyone who's legitimately working with a trauma centered approach to, to therapy, to solutions, to education, awareness, to aftercare, whatever it might be, knows it should be survivor focused. And I, I definitely <laughs> was surprised at the white savior worship situation. And it wasn't, it wasn't overt, even from the beginning when I was at the booth at the movie theater with my husband and there was a board member that came up. I don't know who it was and was like, this is great what we're doing. I'm like, yeah, isn't it fantastic? Whatever. And he said, you know, we need for, for human trafficking to and sex trafficking to have, you know, it's place on the map or whatever, I'm paraphrasing here, but in order to get the traction we need for people to be aware of this problem and want to be involved, we need a face. We need a face for fighting sex trafficking, a hero face, and that face is Tim. Wow. Like nation worldwide. And yeah. I was like, so I've been like, right? I mean, I was really fortunate with my, the work I was doing over the years previous to really, I mean, I spent time at United Nations and I was in New York. Like, I'm like, this is not, this doesn't jive with what I think it should, but, but I really did have rose colored glasses. And I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe like, okay. And then the office, so you I, hadn't seen that before in, in different operations, no. or I we shouldn't say operations, just in different organizations. No, one's trying to be a figurehead. Everyone's had, just working no. together very worked, behind the scenes yes. to try to accomplish the purpose. There's nobody that says, you know, it's me. You did not see that. That's not how it operated. So that was a red flag, but not big enough, right? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, like, okay, so he's, and the truth is when you work in nonprofit, you do run into a lot of narcissistic personalities. It attracts people that want And so to an extent, you're like, okay, you know, you're kind of used to it, but you're saving kids. So that's what matters, right? Um, and, you know, that picture of him carrying a baby. Very that, dramatic. I mean, yeah. I was, it's so, uh, I mean, it's so blatantly racist. I'm just, I was like, what is that? Yeah. I think, I can't remember when that was came up. It was around that time that I did not love. And it was very, just, it felt like a boys club. I mean, literally yeah. I'm like, I'm not here that often, but every time I am all the women, there was some interns and volunteers some employees from the, from his high up second hand to me, who's a volunteer. We're, we're working and the men folk, the men folk are lifting the weights. I'm like, this is odd, right? And, and I, <laughs> well, even you know, what's really weird. What's really weird is that you, I'm sure had the highest credential and qualification to actually even be involved in the industry. And you're in the office with everybody else. And they're probably not really consulting you as well, far as, no. you know, operations or anything. Yeah. That's what's no, so funny and, to me. What a resource. What a waste. I, to be honest, the women involved really seemed to recognize that about me and there was a really great camaraderie there um most of the women involved but but the, yeah it, the men I, I even at one point 
because I would part of why I was there I was like, hey, I want to volunteer. Also, can I can I interview you guys for my research, for my data collection? I, that was part of my research method was was the interviews. And so even the interviews went fine. But because of that, I would kind of ask questions in office. And I remember there was one guy, I don't even know who he was, high, high up. I heard rumors. I don't know. He's doing really important things, saving the kids, finding all the information. And uh, he came from the workout gym and I, sa I said something to him about the definition of trafficking. And he said, well, you can't be trafficked unless you're moved across state or country lines. That's the definition of trafficking. Oh. And I was like, that is myth number one. Yeah, you, that like not that's not true. Definition. I could be right. trafficked next door, right? Yeah. Like, and that's mm -hmm. like one of the biggest myths that's been detrimental to the cause. So to hear someone who's supposedly working for the organization if I traffic in at such a high position say that I was like, uh oh, <laughs> what's that's concerning, right? But okay, so he's not informed. So you know, and that and the information's changing. So I was still trying to be optimistic about it. But I, I would I would be in the middle of projects with women and then suddenly they're gone. And then the next day they're gone. And then someone and I'm like, I'm just this lowly volunteer who now and when you like say they're the, gone, you're talking the women are gone, not the projects. The, 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 the women, women the, the women just overnight. Don't the where did my like the okay. people I was working who were supervising me on big projects? We were working on really important things, or just gone. And I was like, when I, I would try and call an email and nothing, and I'm like, what happened to them? Like, how can you how can you put like fire someone with no notice who has this much knowledge and control and this much influence like we were I so it was very shocking to me and that happened more than once I also was shocked go ahead sorry oh I was gonna say you got the sense that they were fired yeah, and yeah, they yeah. hadn't just left on their own so like right. fired and probably NDA because I believe there's so. no I communication right. I and you're like so. I don't hey, know Sally, but... remember that project we're working on and she's gone no. right and there's it was nothing. like I mean and I okay. had I was managing teams of volunteers okay. who were managing teams of volunteers who um, were, I mean, we really had, I mean, so many things in the pot and then to just, so I was like, this seems very strange. Well, there's a lot of moving parts. Okay, again, I'm kind of used to nonprofit being a bit clown shoe at times and a hot mess. I'm like, all right, well, but I started getting really <laughs> worried and, and confused. And ironically, I don't know what the connection is, but, but right before someone who was working really really high up with him. Um, I loved her. She was fantastic. Right before she disappeared in the night and I never heard from her again. And I was one of the only people she had been training on this new website. And I was like, ah, I'm sorry, I want to be helpful, but where did she go? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he, I don't know. I haven't correlated dates enough to, to confirm which article it was, but some journalist or blogger had written something about him that he was furious about. This was spring of 2016. And I was sitting in the office and he, so there was kind of like a main lobby room where we'd all hang out and there was kind of a side office we'd go into sometimes. And then he had a side office and he, I, the rage, the screaming, the ballist, I mean, it was ballistic. And I, that was the first time that I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is what I think it is. Right. And was he yelling um, at this woman that then disappeared yelling, or just yelling yes, at everybody kind of about the situation at her? Not like, I don't, I, if I, if I heard him like name calling her, I, I would have walked in. It was very right, clear that right. she was more like trying to pacify right. the, the, the anger. Like, okay. Like, right. I'm sorry. And he was like, oh, like beat red. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if you can't handle a little, <laughs> 
little bad press, you know, it right. makes me wonder how things are going for him now, honestly, because this is so much worse. Well, he did walk out of that one interview. Remember when right. they just simply asked one question that, you know, right. yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So you yeah, saw it firsthand. So, so I, so yeah. So I saw enough that I was like, I don't really love a lot of that, but I was like, I'm just going to just, just be humble and everyone yeah. wonder why I left and hate me. And I'll just, I don't want to cause contention, you know, and I, again, I did not know at that time that the numbers were as inaccurate as they are. I didn't see any missions, but I guess I'm not part of that conversation. Oh, really? Yeah, no, so wow. that's so interesting because now it is kind of coming out that, you know, it, it right. sounds like they're running a mission every day. And then right. when you talk to people that were really there on the ground in the offices, the missions aren't happening like they're that, really. So, and it, so a lot of things, so too, in hindsight makes sense. Like I was... I was told at one point when everyone was leaving and I'm this kind of lowly volunteer with all this awareness of websites and procedures because I was the one they were, you know, I was meant to just assist, right? And then they fired them. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. But there was talk of, well, now you know too much for a volunteer. We want to hire you so you have more skin in the game. And so I don't want to go too much into that, but in retrospect, in hindsight, it's kind of like, well, was that was that, and I was like, what do you mean we need a skin in the game? Like, why don't too much? Like, what does that mean? What are you afraid? Well, now I know everyone was forced into NDAs, but yeah, I believe you have to be Troll. an employee to sign, I don't know, but I believe you have to be an employee to sign an NDA. I don't know. Right, well, it but certainly that, gives them more control over you. Yeah, it felt you know, like- You're on the payroll and then they can tell you more what to do. Did you have any personal interactions with Tim himself or was he just kind of in and out in the background, heard him yelling every once in a while? <laughs> I only had one personal direct interaction with him. We were taking an office selfie. And, and, you know, and again, I was kind of like, there's a little bit of a starstruck element to it, of right? Course, like I was like, course. what's up, Tim? I'm Monique. I'm here volunteering. I was like, oh, you know, I hope he's happy with my work. Um, so <laughs> I was surprised when he said to me, hey, Monique, how are you? And I was like, oh, wow, you know my name. How what? polite. That was it. Yeah. So he did know who you did were. Did you ever see uh, anyone from the LDS hierarchy come in there or how was the LDS influence uh, at the work? The only, I never heard, I wasn't part of like the secret important meetings, right? So I never heard specific attachments, but it was definitely generally understood that it was a very church sanction. I mean, he was publishing books in Deseret left and right during, you know, around this time and and uh, to be honest, I honestly thought I knew the Ballard connection and I figured they were related. I only knew recently they weren't. So the connect, so there was always this Ballard connection, but, but I never heard anything about a silent partner. But like I said, I wasn't in a position where I would have heard that. The uh, governor came. I cleaned the toilet a few times. I'm like, oh, the governor's coming tonight. This place is a mess. <laughs> you with your PhD, clean the toilet. That, you know, you're, yeah. You're geared, geared up for that from church service, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, we're conditioned. We'll That's clean true. toilets at the drop of a hat. I'm okay. not kidding. Show me a toilet, except for right. my own toilet. I don't like to do that, but somebody no. else's in a church or I'm doing it. Yep. That's <laughs> what we do. Oh my gosh. How many, like how many employees, what was the feel of it? Like 20 people, 10 people, or just people coming um, and going all the time? Was, lots of buzz. And... In, in office at any given time, I would say, well, it's hard to know because a lot of them were working out and I didn't go to the gym because I wasn't there to work out, you know? <laughs> you mean um, when I say working, you're talking about actually working Right. So like in out. the office okay, working, okay. Tim was not there often, which, you know, he's busy, whatever. Um, right. 
Yeah, honestly, I would say no more than 10 approximately at a time. But while we're there, we're emailing, corresponding with other people. A lot of people worked remotely, you know, and a lot of okay. people came in at different times. So there was more than 10 so people that I interacted now. with. But at a time, you know, that's about how many were right. there. Did you ever, I mean, did you ever hear any rumors of anything inappropriate or anything? I mean, no. that's everybody's question. You never heard anything like that. I so, felt okay. that machismo-ness. I felt yeah. the white savior vibe. Yeah. I was concerned at what I felt. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I have imposter syndrome or if I'm just trying to overinflate myself, but I was aware that I'm like, listen, I, these people probably know much more than I do, but I was still a little surprised because I had had training and experience in, in kind of the, the whole cycle of preventative and education and awareness. And then the right. during, which is when officers generally are in the, you know, and I've done that too. I've been, I've worked with people who are trafficked and their traffickers in real time myself. Right. And then after the, the third part of it, which would be aftercare. Right. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, y'all like have these cool jumps I hear, which is great, but yeah. what are you doing about before or after? And they're like, we're not focusing on that. Well, okay. Well, and you know, there were people that were, their jobs were, were, uh, pre, you know, prevention and aftercare, but I was like, I don't, I don't really see like what that looks mm -hmm. like. And well, we're wanting to focus on, and I thought, okay, well, if you want to, if your expertise to focus here, that's fantastic, but we need to get the full picture here. So right. I was like, you know, I know of other amazing organizations locally who are working on education and prevention or after, like, have you partnered with them at all? Do you, and it was just like, ah, and in fact, one of those mm -hmm. organizations that I have a lot of respect for was doing a press conference or at, while I was in the office for some legislation that had passed. And, and I remember that the office energy, they were just, everybody was like, oh, I can't, like they were mad someone was getting any credit on the topic besides them. And that was another yeah. red flag to me. I'm like, why are we working yeah. together? This is very yeah. egotistical and strange. Um, but that was, that was honestly, I, an, aside from those things, which I did not love, I was like, oh, they're saving kids. I'm just going to be quiet. And that yeah, was again. October, 2016. And I've, I continued to, you know, I didn't just stop because it wasn't working out there. I continued to, to be on various other boards. Um, I completed my dissertation. I was consistently teaching and things. And um, 20, so that was the end of 2016. And then I would say 2020 is when things became abundantly clear. And I was like, okay, this is so much worse than I thought. And I started speaking more loudly and everything coming out now everything, all the achiness I've known since 2020. And if I've known, like, I am not that important in this whole picture. In fact, when you want to be on your podcast, remember, I was like, I don't, I don't know that I haven't, I'm, you know, like, what am I going to say? Like, I, I don't know. You have a boots wanna, on the ground perspective. Yeah. Maybe. I just want to insert myself to like, yeah. I'm not looking no. for attention or anything. Right. I don't, no. that's not my interest. Um, right. So I was trying to just sort of, but, but anyways, keep the peace. But at this point, it's like, no, like, my point is this, I don't feel like I'm a huge player at all. And yet I knew since 2020. Right. So you're so saying no a huge way. network of people, right? There's no way. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. There's no way that Sean Ray's, there's no way that the bigger players, Glenn Beck, like you guys, there's a, there's a reason I believe that they're being silent and yeah. panicky because if I knew, they knew. And I knew. That and I knew so in 2020 from my connections and from the conversations that had, were going on behind the scenes.
Wow. And you, you mentioned that you were involved in fundraising or accepting donations. Can you give us any sense of how that all works? Cause you were there for a number of years, you know, and just how did it, you know, cause I've heard yeah. the donations like incrementally went up, you know, millions so, right. and millions as it, well, I was at, I only worked in the office a few months before it was mm -hmm. toxic and icky. Right. Um, but I, <laughs> I was aware from that point forward, I would say I've been plugged in and aware of a lot of things, but when I was there, the only fun funding stuff I was aware of was promoting a website to get people to kind of like make their own profile, like a Facebook profile, you make your own campaign to raise money and then all the money goes to our, oh, and, nice. um, and but also there was a whole, they had a, a process where you could, you could automatically donate every month a set amount. And so every so often those credit cards stopped working, maybe because they expired, maybe because someone's like, I don't want to do it, whatever. And so I, I mean, I, even when I was in the office, I would take paperwork home and I just had pages and pages and pages of Excel spreadsheets. Or maybe, I don't know if it was online or printed out, but, but all these people who had been a part of the automatic system that weren't working. And I, I hated it. You guys, I hate this stuff, but I called every one of them oh, hey, see, to see if they wanted to donate again can i okay. can i update your car like so oh, um wow. and and i would get emails every time a payment was made and i just checked and within a few weeks i had hundreds so they they're good at bringing in the money we now know they're not good at allocating it to victims there, well, it's the sizzle, right? We all learned that word, the exciting the sizzle, rescue, the, the CrossFit, the tattoos, the missions, it's sizzle. And that does impress oh, it's been, people so, to donate money. Absolutely. seems like every time we talk about finances with OUR, it, it follows that church pattern that we see. They yeah. can raise the money, but they can't spend the money. They uh, can't allocate it. It is similar. Yeah. It's similar. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. similarities. Uh, and it's not unintentional. <laughs> no. And, and we mentioned on a podcast that just dropped, um, well, what would be today? I'm not sure what, what day will air this. The liquidity of OUR was incredible. Like most nonprofits have a, a couple years worth of operating expenses liquidity and OUR had triple that, which is kind of and a red so, flag. In fact, so they were red flagged. So, yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've worked with so many different nonprofits legitimately making a difference. Legitimate. Mm -hmm. and, and we're just poor like the, we don't ever have the funds for the basic minimum no one's drawing a salary and then you have an organization that you think is like well they're making millions but at least but they're able now to do all the things that we can't do no they're not no they're not and so no, it really not. is a slap in the face for for activists and that's why you've seen some of the most prestigious and well-known and most credentialed organizations such as polaris and others that have been speaking against this for years i mean elizabeth smart left yes. she joined our and left i'm like what by here their fruity shall know that when you have really yeah. incredible people that you know you you are experts in that industry that are running for the hills and saying say like the in other words even for the public this information's been available long enough that anyone saying this is some sort of political hit uh hit piece coming out of nowhere liberal crazy evil no it's not no it's not and not only do I know because I heard the inside scoop multiple years ago, but I'm not the only one who heard that scoop. And some people have reported on it the entire time, such as Lynn Packer. And so I've been actively Lynn watching Lynn Packer, uh, American Crime Journal, Vice, others have gotten into it. And only now in the church made the statement that they did, did local mainstream news pick it up. And now it's blown up. So there has been many people like me that have been waiting 
for this awareness to hit mainstream for a long, long time, because from 2020 on, when I knew all this stuff in detail and I was like aware the numbers aren't right, there's sex, this is so much worse than I thought. I still had to be so careful who I said anything to because you're instantly called a pedophile and a trafficker. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's the ultimate, it's, they've done so well with their marketing and branding and I mean, it, I don't know. It feels a bit like a cult. Like you can't speak against it, or you're <laughs> no, I that or you're raping it has children. The I mean, it's like, yep. oh, no, and it doesn't absolutely. matter what your credentials are or what your experience is. Exactly. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, and I I think we we see that when people like Lynn Packer are saying it, nobody's believing him, and he's cut. When you go back and look at his, and he's uh, done such oh, good investigative. Sons, yeah, he's got he can point to all the documents of why yep. this is wrong, but. Everyone wants to buy the lie. It seems right. Yeah. Well, you have enough. It makes you, you feel good. Right. <laughs> it does. You you know you don't want to challenge your ego. You don't want to be wrong. And yeah. if we, people have attached it to their spiritual beliefs. It's it's intense, right? My That's mom was like, point. "Why haven't you been preaching this from the roof?" Because I've been quietly warning her for years. Like, tell you when know, she's asked about it or other people, but she's like, "Why do you put it in the rooftops?" I'm like, "Listen, it's not because I'm afraid. I I published an article and." Salt Lake Tribune calling out the apostle when I was an elder, a member of the church. Like I, I'll speak, but, but, but number one, I did not feel like this was my, I have, um, sorry, I have a letter to share here, but that I received in 2020, but it wasn't my story to tell. And as a journalist, right. I'm like, if I, if I release something that I can't show a primary source for, show my credentials for, I'm only hurting the situation, right? I'm only going to, well, do you remember that one girl shared something that she couldn't back up and that's, you know, it discredits right. it. And I also yeah. felt like I don't really have that permission. So I felt like my hands were a bit tied. So I, I, I basically really leaned into the things that were public, the things, you know, that I did feel like I could speak on firsthand. But secondly, have you seen how the apostle has been treated by active <laughs> members? Can you imagine if I was like yelling from the rooftop, Tim Bell? I mean, I, I saw, I've seen people that are good people that have been really working closely with him and, and on stage with him. And I've thought so many times, like, should I warn them? But I'm like, yeah. you know, like I, all it would do would be to, uh, I would get a lot of attacks and I would not be believed. So I couldn't see the benefits. So instead I've been pretty private about it, but I have been very publicly vocal about things that I felt I could be public about such as other things he's done since I was in the office that have been extremely harmful for the cause, even in absence of the sex abuse and right. the fraud and, that are and the lies and numbers. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there was an, there's enough there. No. And I feel like the sound of freedom, I mean, that kind of put it so much in the open that you had to be on one side or the other kind of. A lot of us saw that and we're like, oh no, there's something weird here, you know, and we tried to tell family members, we tried right. to, you know, make comments and then you see you're completely shut down and then you're like, oh my goodness, there really right. are two very different perceptions of what this is. And so I think it's been boiling. It's been coming to a head, I think mm -hmm. for quite a while, you know, and like you say, you know, you kind of kept it under wraps and look what happened to you. You, you posted something on Facebook one day that says, oh, Wow, I've known about this and what happened. A podcast pounced on you, right? And made you come <laughs> You're on. just waiting. So, I was just waiting to pounce. So well, but no, no but is... I think, you know, I, I don't know that I don't have the I was not abused, you know, I did not firsthand right. go on a jump. So I I felt like I don't really have the perspective that might be needed here. But I do think it's worth pointing out 
from someone who's been working as an activist in the field with other really reputable activists that this is not new and that we have known for years to mm-hmm. be dis- to distance ourselves. The, the biggest players that are making the biggest difference have been separating themselves from our for years. Wow. And so this is not just a new a new hit piece. I mean, I was I was warned do not you know when my, in other organizations and things i was on the board for do not accept money from them they're going to try to give you money don't take it because then they're gonna, they'll try and take credit for what you do and attach you to them and and i've been like in every board i've been in like we cannot we cannot we cannot get in bed with them we can even taking cash from them there's this is not a safe thing there's more to this this is a web and it's all you know coming out now and corroborating what what i knew from the beginning but you know i will speak out about and i have the divisiveness that he's created, which has really hurt the cause to fight trafficking astronomically. He has made something that was bipartisan, partisan, period. Oh. And it's, it's been terrible. It's been so terrible. But um, so, you know, I always speak out on that, but I, I can't say, I can't speak to someone else's sexual abuse. I didn't feel it's not my story. Right. I don't have that permission. Yeah. But I did, I get a letter in 2020 that was circulating and it's been mentioned. I've heard this letter mentioned, and I think it's, Part of the the case which was mysteriously closed in spite of ample evidence mysteriously no right. and i just learned today that um the case files are now available unredacted so anybody can go through and look at okay. everything and we'll try to this. dig this into it so landon i know you have a day job but let's assign you to open right. those files spend every waking minute when you're not podcasting and let's <laughs> Let's break this wide open. Landon's like, on no. my list. I'm excited to go through that. The Nephi psychics aren't there, though. I'd, I'd really like to get oh, my hands on you those. Can't, oh, well, you know, I think we learned that those might have been sort of more audio, right, than, yeah. than transcripts. So, but yeah, those were kind of fascinating because, you know, it's interesting how people out in the world looking into this are interested in the whole, you know, true crime part of it. But of course, we're interested in the Mormon centric aspect. Right, of it right, right. Inter- so there's there's lots of different pieces that yeah. people are interested in because it's such a multifaceted story. But so you received this letter that is part of the, the case file and you actually yeah. have it. How interesting. And this yeah. is 2020 that you got this letter. Right. So so at this, you know, at this point, I was loud about, you know, and from well, 2020 on, I still was careful about the things I read in this letter. But I was really I felt at that point like this organization is so awful. I'm going to lean into what I can say, what I do feel like I can say to try and um, but I mean, people are so mean to if you say anything. Um, But but Tim Tim Ballard, he made it. You know, when I was in Ohio, I worked for an organization fighting trafficking. We were very deeply involved with legislation and with police and we were doing great things. And the CEO was this flaming liberal and the CFO to this day is as conservative as you get. And it didn't matter. And I guarantee it would matter now because he's literally taken something that we all could agree on. And I'm like, that's one thing about this. We haven't made this a left or a right thing. We are just as humans concerned about this. We want the truth. We want the facts. We want to be educated on it. We want to save children. And he, he because it makes money, he made it political. He made it partisan with the wall baloney. Um, and, and, ever, and this is really when you started seeing a lot of the bigger players in anti-trafficking the bigger organizations stepping back because they probably didn't get this letter that I got. They probably didn't have the Utah LDS inside scoop, but they could still recognize, wait a second, this information they're putting out is accurate. The numbers they're putting out don't match up. Their tactics, 
are not backed up by any sound research. But furthermore, he made it so political. He made it a complete, I feel like a QAnon alt-right by heart leaning into the wall, by leaning into even, I even posted a, a video or on online just chewing him out about this and people got mad at me. But during COVID lockdown, he's like, now all these kids are, this is increasing. But but he he manipulated information to make it seem like any, like I'm like, I'm a parent trying to protect my child from a disease I've never experienced before. I've adopted children. My husband works in hospitals. We're just trying to be responsible adults and citizens. And now he's out here shaming me that I'm responsible for children being trafficked. So he just turned everything. The Wayfair thing yeah. was, I could not believe what he did with that Wayfair Q-Man and furniture baloney. He rode that wave and he, I'm like, you know better. There's no way that you work in anti-trafficking and you believe any of the shit coming out of your mouth. You just know it's getting you fans and money. And so I really was disillusioned the, um, the, more recently he attacked drag queens and I'm like, ah, you're, it's just, it's terrible. And it's toxic and it's harmful for the movement. So a lot of organizations have seen that aspect of it morning for a while, but furthermore, this has been in litigation for a while, which meant things were happening before litigation and people have been discussing mm -hmm. these and circulating and a lot of really good people got duped like I did and were involved a lot more and saw a lot and they're speaking out and that they're not just now speaking out because he's running for Senate. This has been years in the making. Yeah. No, that's an important point because, well, two important points. I think what you also bring to the table is to tell how many wonderful people over the years are trying so hard and working really? so hard yeah. for this cause. Wonderful people have no idea, like you said, the underbelly, you know, what's really going on. And then people seem to think, oh, this just happened. No way. That case was going on prior to the case even being open. Things were going on. There was an investigative uh, phase and then there were, you know, all of that. So it, it timing is interesting the way it was all sprung right when it was sprung but it was certainly a right long i mean and process. then maybe right as far as the his church making the statement they did and the timing mm -hmm. of that and all i am not saying that like maybe they did say it when they did because he was about to run and maybe it's because yeah. they were involved we know we know that there was some involvement or maybe it's because they were like now i don't know the reasons and i'm not here to defend the institute, the LDS institution, but I, I am glad that they said what they said. I am glad that they yeah. said it because it's one thing that's propelled this to be lit up um, in mainstream news here and yeah. caused a lot of members to go, you know, I think a lot are experiencing such cognitive dissonance, they're still glued oh, to sure. him. But I know tons, yeah. and maybe not the ones you're seeing online, but tons are going, oh, wait a second, really? <laughs> and yeah, so they're able to see it. Um, and so I don't know, I'm not saying whose nose is clean and whose isn't, <laughs> but I am glad that <laughs> it came out now, but I do know that this is not new information. Well, right? it's a good perspective, good, yeah. good thought. So, um, so I will just, I just want to read to you a little bit of the letter that I, that was, that was widely circulating that I have seen referenced many times now in various articles. And, you know, I've spoken with people that received the letter with me that shared it and and I'm re I've read it over and over and I feel I feel confident that this is something that they wanted out anyways. And again, it's probably available if you look at the records. But this really establishes that this is not new. Right. And so furthermore, this is when I figured it out. This is not when it happened or when others knew about it. Right. right. There, these things are happening years before. In fact, the very the, the foundational story of our we're now realizing didn't even happen. So I see a lot of people, Tim changed, Tim changed. 
I understand that maybe that's more comfortable to rec to go, well, I wasn't duped. He must have been, he must have changed. Well, no, you were duped. <laughs> you were duped. <laughs> and that's okay. Like heal, admit Monique it, recognize just says it. it how it is. <laughs> like, I was duped. I was a doctorate student. Yeah. Duped. Okay. Yeah. Like it's you, you know. knew it was your industry. That's right. Right. Again, and I was the right. mission, the children, anything that's doing any kind of good, you can overlook things until finally mm -hmm. you can't right. anymore. And that's right. why this was perfect. It was, and that's why I really think scenario. a lot of the, you know, when these people are coming out speaking against the, the organization and, and Tim and the tactics and such, and there's all these accusations of, well, that's just, you know, hit pieces. They're just these hateful. These are people that were so passionate about it that they were sacrificing a lot of time. A lot of them weren't even paid. You know, a lot of these people are volunteers that like me, like really believed in the cause. And, you know, it's just such binary thinking to say, well, if you have a problem with the cause or if you have a problem with the movie, you must be a trafficker or support trafficking. There's no other option. Like, <laughs> don't you care about kids? Like, I just don't understand not being able to pause and go, hmm, maybe there's another option. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's possible that all of these credible people, all of these experts with all these experiences who were really supportive of Tim, who were really engaged in our, all these apostles and all these people, maybe it's possible that they're not all traffickers. Maybe there's another option, which is this is all bullshit. I don't know it. Like why, like, like open your minds a little bit and consider, right? Um, no, it's cognitive dissonance. I'm telling that's you, what it it's is. very it's difficult, especially dissonance. when the church denounced him because people love the church. They loved Tim Ballard in the past. They're on the same side. Right now, what do you do? They're on two different sides. What do you do? You're right. in the middle with cognitive dissonance completely. Right. And so there have been some very interesting uh, workarounds that people have come up with. For example, yes. the church being an apostasy, right? Or a leftist group taking over the church. You know, that yes. lets you still keep the church and Tim <laughs> on the same <laughs> side. I mean, there's just all kinds of like it's I, I it's keep madness. predicting it's a schism. It, right. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I truly think anything is possible at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, so I have this this letter that I just want to read a few things from it just to kind of articulate how not new this is, right? And uh, and also just going back to the the church thing, I do have a lot of compassion for people feeling that cognitive dissonance because mm -hmm. if you were if you were paying attention to and taking time to read up on watch Lynn Packer, which I highly recommend, all the investigations, or if you were plugged in like I was and like had people warning you and like keep tipping you off and things this was not surprising it, it was surprising me the church said it but the information was hardly new but if you're but i but outside of that there was no warning that that was coming right i mean these books are sold at the church's bookstore you have yeah. multiple pictures and interviews and quotes and all these things with the apostle and, and him so i understand feeling like well maybe someone's tricking me you know i mean that's not mm -hmm. how it's almost like a shelf-breaking moment, you know. It's almost like a so. shelf-breaking. It's like, right. oh my gosh! You know? Right. <laughs> I put I all mean, these concerns up here, and now wait, what? <laughs> I think, and I think it might not be the most unhealthy thing if it is a shelf-breaking or pause yes. question. Yeah. But I, but, but I hope though that people, people are kind of throwing the baby out with the water, going, well, hold on. Either the church is completely infiltrated by yeah. liberals, <laughs> and the prophet doesn't know what's happening. That's or right. you know, or or the 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 alternative extreme, yeah, or it's is, Mitt Romney, right? <laughs> a lot yeah. of people have said that that it's you know that Mitt Romney runs the PR department of the church. I've heard this, and of course now with the information that his son is probably going to run for that Senate seat, everybody's building these very 
very dark conspiracy. That's nuts. I mean, which I just added is, to by saying it out loud. Right. So now we have more conspiracies. <laughs> it's possible that the that the, that his church was supporting him more than maybe they want to let on, mm-hmm. and it's and it's possible that in that same truce, he's guilty of these things. And I just think that that's something yep. that we just have to accept <laughs> and be okay with wrapping our heads around. There you go. Um. So this was three years ago. Um, we're contacting you as former employees and volunteers. And here's the here's the part that I just feel makes me feel comfortable sharing this to bring to public light what we believe is one of the worst atrocities and human rights violations within the nonprofit and international charity community. That's like huge, right? Operation Underground yeah, Railroad, big. its founder Tim Ballard, leadership as well as employees and contractors. That's the other thing. I, I I don't love what Tim did, but I think that there is an effort to put it all on one person when this was not a one person job, right? Um, anyways, have committed crimes and acts that are illegal, unethically and morally wrong and have further exploited those they claim to help. This ranges from engaging in sexual acts with underage human trafficking victims to gather evidence, physically abusing them the use and abuse of illicit drugs on the job, paying off lawyers and political figures, illegally possessing and obtaining child pornography within foreign countries, and falsifying or exaggerating facts, all while exploiting victims to gain more donations and to make movies. This is overwhelming. There is overwhelming evidence in audio, video, and other documentation of these facts. So this is this is coming out more and more, right? as well as former employees and volunteers who would be willing to give public statements to this and testify in a court of law. So I don't know who wrote this, but I, I've seen public people come out, um, or, or even if they come out anonymous, but share those stories on different podcasts and with articles. And so I think that there's, I mean, it's, it's as hard as it's been for me to be sitting on this and not be able to like express it and be taken seriously as a credible voice in the matter, I can only imagine what what all these individuals have been going through, right? Um, Aftercare staff and upper management are aware that jump team members are engaging in sexual acts with minors to gather evidence. I think that's really important. This was not a one-off. They're aware. And and we've seen other reports too with the the gentleman from Draper that felt up someone who may or may not have been a minor. I, I believe the reports that she was. But... But the people that were there, that were talking to him, that were deleting the film, that were covering it up, there's still an hour. I mean, the, there was a the person who is working pretty high up an hour at this moment, trying to distance himself from everything, was was there. So, I, I'm suspicious of the whole thing still, right? There are some instances where the victims in the hour rescue operations were not trafficked prior to hour. This part killed me. Yeah as someone who knows the ins and outs of this industry and like you make you made the victims you're trafficking the vic- you are the trafficker at that point right um soliciting them for underage sex or a sex party and this is interesting and this is as early as 2018 that this was reported according to haitian social services victim statements and operations like toussaint i hope i said that right in 2018 the survivors stated that they were not under any control, never been forced to have sex, but were enticed by a trafficker to go to this party to perform sex for money because they were in a vulnerable situation. That means you just trafficked someone and exploited them because they're in a vulnerable situation because you offered them enough money. 
Yeah, no, and that matches that podcast that exactly. Arthur put out where he exactly. talked to an operator who said, oh yeah, we went to the beach and the amount of money that they're offering to people, I don't know if we quite comprehend, it's life-changing. That would make someone who was absolutely desperate go, well, okay, maybe exactly. I can figure this out. And so, yeah, once I heard that, yeah, it was and very And so I had heard, heard people explain that to me, like, hey, we're hearing this is what's really happening on the jumps. And I was like, are you, that's insane. That like, even though I believed the people that told me I trusted them and I knew that they had good sources, I was still like, ah, that's just like, really though? Like, really? And then I read this and, and it goes into details about, about that. And still, I'm, I believed it, but I'm like, but like, how can that be? And then when I watched the interview on the Bill Real podcast, and once again, but, but hearing from someone firsthand in their voice, corroborating this stuff, I was like, even I've known this for years and I can't bear to hear it. Right. My husband yeah. was like, I might throw up what has happened, you know, but, but the, but the point is this isn't someone who woke up last week and said, I'm going to go on Bill Real and make this up. Yeah. I mean, we have, no. we have a timeline here, right? And uh, let's see, jump team members have been intoxicated and under the influence of drugs and alcohol while on jumps. And some have abused the sex workers or prostituted victims to include choking a potential victim. Hmm. That like makes me almost cry. So, and, and where are the survivors, right? I mean, it's just, it's just insidious and it's so much worse than I thought. I really think that there was still a part of me, even though I've known all this, I was still like, but I mean, like maybe they're still, you know, like some kids are being helped and, you know, like there's other people that are going to offset. Like you just, it's just such a gross thing to really wrap your head around and accept. And also it's hard to accept that we've all been this effing duped, frankly, yeah. but we have been, we have been. That's, that's it. <laughs> and there it is. What was the action call in the letter then? Just to try to make this public, well, and to try to make a difference, to try yeah. to come forward if you have knowledge. I, I mean, I think they were probably hoping to see what we're seeing now happen three okay. years ago. Okay. Um, I, I didn't, I, that's kind of what me and my, my colleagues were discussing, like, well, we have this on, you know, what do we do with this? But it was clear that it was sent to lots of different people and folks. And it does seem to me like they, I, I was like, listen, they said, bring to lie. They want it public. They're warning police officers to not partner with them. Is this something, cause I'm willing to be, I'm willing to, to, Put myself out there and post something like that if i knew the authors were like yeah that's what we want but i just couldn't we couldn't get a good handle on it i'm like well i don't know maybe someone else they sent it to because i i don't know if it's imposter syndrome or just awareness but i'm like i'm kind of a small player <laughs> in all of this and so so we kind of weren't sure to be honest so i've been like what what is the point of that letter and should we be broadcasting it and if i got it i know bigger players got it right why is no one and then but but also though to be to be i guess fair to myself it wasn't long after this that I found out there was an investigation opened. So I, so I was like, I guess that letter. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Cause you yeah. said that they sent it to law enforcement you would think that law enforcement would then be, you know, right. And so then I thought, okay, well, I don't know what I can or can't say. I'm not involved enough in the case. I don't, I just, I don't want to hurt anything with my big mouth, but I also, I'm not, I'm never going to not speak against abuse, but when I knew it was, you know, in litigation or in courts that made it easier for my case, at least behind the scenes in private conversations, as well as in conversations with people on different boards I was on and such to be like, okay, even if you don't want to believe any of these claims, even if my warning makes you think I'm a trafficker or whatever, you know, let's at least look at the fact that 
this isn't litigation. That's a fact. It's a fact. It's in court. Mm -hmm. They're under criminal investigation. So can that alone be enough for you to believe, like, let's not engage. Or I'm not going to go work there. And so that was kind of my angle for a little while. Just, I just tried to stick with the facts. Like, Hey, they're, you know, they're in criminal investigation. Like that's well, everyone in nonprofits being criminal. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> it's <laughs> right? a hit piece. It's a hit piece. That's all. Right? So is, is OUR then trying to continue without Yes. Tip? And, I think and what are. do you think about that? What do you think going forward? What should happen? What do you see happening? I will tell you that for me and the people I really respect within this fight, no one thinks any of their behavior right now is credible. No one's buying the new leaf thing because we all know that they've been involved in the whole thing and they've known all this and, um, and they're still pushing out. You know, the only way I think our has a chance, frankly, is if they were absolutely transparent and honest. Number one, they absolutely said, these are all the things we've lied about. Here's, I mean, they, they take money. If you donate to our, you think, Oh, I just gave $10,000 to save children. No, you didn't. You gave, I don't know the breakdown, so I'm going to approximate here, but you get, you know, you gave $5,000 to someone else's organization, saving children, and you gave $5,000 for their salary. So you yeah. could have just gone to the other organization and your 10,000 would have actually gone to helping children. Right. So there's all that still happening that they have not addressed in any way. And again, the, according to reports, the current, one of the exact title CEO of, of our was with that jump team when a minor was, we have documentation was, was mm. assaulted. So, so there's just no credibility in terms of the lies of the numbers, in terms of what the money was really going to and was, you know, was it being funneled through something else? It seems very obvious it was. And then of course the abuse claims. So unless they completely get rid of everyone that had any information about that and covered it up, number one, and number two, fully owned. Yeah, obviously like all the money really went to here. These numbers were really not what you think. We, these jumps didn't really happen. Or I'll, yes, we, you know, you thought we had intel. I mean, I can't believe they were using Nephi as intel for these young dads going abroad thinking they're saving children. You could have widows in Utah right now. Like it's the only miracle involved here is that people did not get murdered on these clown shoe jumps. You know, that is what I think too. The naivete and the just danger. I mean, just I walking thinking, around. How the beach, was no hey, one can I buy a kid from hurt? you? Yeah. Like what? How was yeah. In it's, fact, I mean, Landon, you, a lot of it took place in Haiti and you were telling me about Haiti and, and in your line of work that that scene is, we don't go there. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have contracts there and we will not send anyone in unless they're picked up in an armored vehicle and escorted to. Uh, right. To that, and that, you know, I mean, I've been to, I've been to uh, an undeveloped nation and got beat and left for dead. I still have head trauma to this day from it. Like you can't just willy-nilly run into an undeveloped nation or run around the streets and think you're i was naive and it you know um so yeah i know firsthand how bad these things can go if you don't have a lot of preparation intel in place and they're just going off nephi and running around just, i mean it's it's bonkers to me and so I, I really unless our makes a massive transparent move and cleans house I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I, I think I went and chewed them out on their Instagram yesterday. <laughs> Why are you still posting these numbers? <laughs> it makes me so mad. Don't go there, Monique. It's yeah. too damaging. Don't go there. I know. Well, Monique, um, you, you stated that other social workers, other groups knew about this. We had a government investigation into this. 
the government actually seems to have found that exactly what everyone was claiming did happen. And then there was no action on the part of the government. Do you think that had Tim never ran for Senate and put himself in the spotlight where the church had to come out and distance themselves from him because they knew this would probably get found out? Do you think OUR would just keep going the way it was? How, how come even once the investigation happened, nothing happened until the church said something? That was the only thing that would right. have, And the church had to have known this with all these investigations. Right. No, they knew. 100%. They had to have known, and they stayed quiet about it. And you think little old me knew? And the church, that magnificent, <laughs> I mean, magnanimously, yeah. his institution did not know who was yeah. working That's with him. That's the takeaway. So too. I think, yeah. Landon, I think it's one of two things. Here I am being binary, I guess it could bring anything, but I think it's probably one of two things, although it's most like more likely one than the other. It's possible, and I've, I've heard this peddled around, you know, it's, and I'm just speculating, but it's possible that, I mean, he knows he's guilty of these things. It's recorded. He's even releasing his own nudes, almost nudes of him and fake cats. I don't know what's happening. Um, as if that's believable to a Can real we pull up a slide? No, that, that mean, was a picture. Like, I think looks, you sent like, it to me today, Monique. Yeah, I didn't yeah, need to see you that. Yeah, asking <laughs> to get murdered? Like, no criminal's going to look at that and go, oh, this is a hard criminal like me. There's stick-ons. Anyway. That's what I said. My kids had better tattoos from a right. Cracker Jack box right. back in the day. So there is the no way that a like, grown man a has those tattoos. Crazy? I don't know what's happening. So I don't know. So it's possible because my point is these things are very clearly accurate these things and and there's so much evidence that it's just it's only a matter of time so it's possible that it really i mean this reporting has been happening for years and even though the criminal investigation was closed which made my heart drop when that happened i think last spring i was like how is that possible um it's possible that one way or the other he still felt like you know these people are getting louder and louder it's going to come out if i run for senate it's a deflection and a safety like you know if, it, if things come out but i'm in office i have that buffer that's a claim I and I it's possible but what makes more sense to me is that he's just you know I'm not a therapist I don't want to slap it, this on someone but just a, a raging narcissist can help himself and wants to just keep being I mean my father's are this type so I've gotten pretty good at recognizing the the characteristics so I mean I, I think it's more likely that he just wanted to run he saw an opening and he mm -hmm. didn't really think he'd get caught you know and then because he was running for Senate, the church was like, uh-oh. Because I can't imagine why else his church felt the need to distance themselves when there's been plenty of ugly players that were members of the church plenty of other times and they did not do this. The only thing yeah. I can see is this connection that would only have come out perhaps if you were in public light. And also someone else who uh, posted this on their public socials a bit ago before all of this, who is really reputable, said listen like a lot of people who are really really like working full-time in this industry are especially careful you say anything your whole all of your work is down the toilet because of, of lunatics you know trolls online and such but even he said listen i will only say this i know that people have looked into making him their nominee you know senate you know senate nominee not presidential or anything but and immediately different campaigns and people that are behind candidates that they push are a boarding ship fast as lightning because they're like oh my gosh this guy tim we, we can't touch him with a 10 foot pole politically right because once you're running for office and everything is just free game let imagine how much icky stuff comes out for politicians and they still yeah, are like whatever everything they are comes out. so so yeah. that's how that's how much they knew stuff's going to come out if this guy and so we don't want to back him and so for him to have tried to run i think i mean my suspicion is the lds church was it's, like uh oh 
So, yeah, I think that hour would have probably coasted right on. Tim was already kicked out from the allegations, which was new enough. So I do think he felt Correct. a sense of impending, uh-oh, this is going to come out. But I think he was running for Senate because of his ego. Do, do you think it's possible that the entire system was complicit in this and embarrassed, uh, you know, where you've got the politicians, you've got Attorney General who was, who was participating you know, was a good friend, went on the missions. Uh, you have people, uh, you know, pushing him into the politics. He was a Trump supporter. He was, uh, uh, you know, so politically he was very tied in. And then with the church, another big institution, he was clearly tied in. And then a lot of the uh, organizations that, that do sex trafficking uh, say, oh, there's a big movie out and, well, he's bringing attention to it, so we, we've got to be complicit in this. And everyone was just complicit until it finally got to the point where they couldn't be that way anymore because it sure seems that this went a long time with a lot of people knowing about it and nobody saying anything about it. Uh, and, and that's I, what I concerns do, me the most. I do think yeah. that. I do think that. I do think that. The, and that's why I was like, you know what? I initially am like, I don't really have a lot to say on the issue. But but I do think that the aspect of this is not new. People that have mm -hmm. been people that are activists, um, academics, whatever, that have been fighting this lawyers that have been involved for years. We know it's not new. And I can't I just can't fathom that I've known this. And this is just one primary, like, collated source for me. This is not the only place I've heard this stuff over the years, right? And it's all consistent. And so I can't fathom that little old me knew this and Sean Rays and Glenn Beck mm -hmm. and the apostle, I'm sorry to say it, like, like, like you're, you're only confessing your complete inability to like be a leader in politics and, and whatnot if you honestly expect us to believe you did not know this. Like you knew it. Yeah. And well, so we, I don't, we know Sean Reyes was actually getting emails from the Davis County attorney saying, right. And it was the person over the case. The case was on his him. desk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, so and so, I mean, I'm not, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, I think, you know, I think that the apostles and the attorney general and the Glenn Becks were like, Hey, like, like Epstein's Island free for all. I, I'm not <laughs> saying that when I say complicit, I don't know. They may have been, somewhat delusioned and somewhat duped the whole time that there's no way they did not know about all these claims and there's no way they did not know that they were mostly true. And so I don't know if in their minds they justified it. I don't know if it was the, that kind of alpha male, like, because even hearing Tim, he's going in this, you know, tour right now, any podcaster that will take him on and, you know, with his wife say, oh, well, this is how you have to do it. And we had to shower together. And if you want to save the children. So I don't, I don't know to what extent they were like, yeah, like, I don't know how much they were okay with justifying grotesque means if they thought it justified the ends. But also with that, even if that's true, it's hard for me to believe they did not know that the ends were also untrue. So now your means of abuse are justifying the ends. What are the ends? Where are their survivors? Right. You know that you know the question. No yeah. Like, no, exactly. So, there are money honest, given to other organizations. Like, but. It's made me feel like I want to just and all the QN and their Desmad trolls, if they get to this part, they're gonna like uh. love that I say this. But I'm like, do I need to run out of Utah? Like everything feels corrupt yeah. and interconnected mm -hmm. at the top. It does. Yeah. And it's it's really 
horrible. And I and I don't know the women who are being anonymous but speaking out, but I'm effing commend them. And I, if they have children, for example, of course they're not giving their names. Look at the kind of nasty awfulness exactly. is on. You know what I mean? Like they have to protect their families. But it's true. We've known this for too long to just dismiss it as some sudden leftist <laughs> hate yeah. piece <laughs> like and then that's all on that's the beauty of the age of information you can see that lynn packard yes. for example has been very well demonstrating mm -hmm. evidence from this for years you know so for years he's always been there people have kind of known but it's like what's he doing i don't know it feels amazing to be involved i mean i mentioned on several podcasts i inadvertently went to a tim ballard event you know, the charisma, people were crying, hands over the heart. He was giving his pitch. You know, it's very, very dramatic. It's, it's and moving. Emotional. And it's, you know, the science and, behind yeah. emotional elevation. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh, yes. I, I get why so many people are duped, yours truly included, right? Yeah. Like, it, but, yeah. but we've, people have got to be willing to like for, like, step yeah. out of it and see the, re and, you know, like, and people that are speaking against our and speaking against him, this is, these are not people that are also simultaneously saying trafficking is made up. We yeah. love it. What like, we are, we are the activists who are sacrificing and doing research. And do you know how much debt I'm in for my damn degree? Like, <laughs> but I believe in this so much, you know. And so it's That's like, right. are, what reason, what motivation do we have, unless it really is what we say, which is abusive and a scam and a fraud, right? Yeah. But the good people are trying to do good things, and so I think maybe. We should end on um, in your field and your expertise. What really could people do? I mean, I've heard many people say being able to give money to this glamorous organization turns a blind eye to things that are going on right in your backyard, right in your church, things like that. What what should people do if they really care about this topic, which is now in the forefront for everybody? What's a legitimate way to help or or yeah. get involved? I mean, I think. There's a there's a step that's unfortunate that's an extra step which is breaking through the political dogma of the topic and I say unfortunate because that didn't used to be the case you used to just be able to at face value learn what it meant learn what the red flags are learn how to be preventative but now it's like okay but first we have to convince everyone that we're not QAnon like drinking kids bloods or whatever and so there's <laughs> right so I would honestly just say to it to anyone to firstly challenge yourself to question that that uh, what was it save the children movement during black lives matters that took place mm -hmm. that deflected from black lives matters and was complete i mean that is an example of a lot of really good people really good moms that were like i just want to save the kids and why why would you hate me for that why are you trying to stop that well the reality is that whole movement was based on absolute baloney almost entirely that's they're peddling that kind of liam neeson taken brand of trafficking because it's sensational and exciting. I even right. wrote an article for our that was like, do you know what, less than 5% of people who are in trafficking and who are sex trafficked are actually ever in bondage, actually ever physically snatched, right? And so those are the those are the details that are maybe less glamorous. And so people want to ignore them, but you have to you have to be willing to look at the data, you have to be willing if you truly, truly mean it when you say I want to help the children, I want to stop trafficking, you have to look at the data. And you have to be willing to break your stigmas around, oh, look at that lady on the side of the road who's homeless. What a, what a druggie selling her body. How awful. You have to say, hold, hold on. Why am I judging this person? Why am I shaming and, and, and sex shaming? And even the way we, you know, if your child comes home from school and, oh my gosh, that girl is a slut. She's sleeping around. Are you going to say as a parent, yeah, 
what a terrible slut stay away from her no take pause and go whoa 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 that's a red flag instead of right. shaming these kids i need to stop and go hold on What's there's happening? more here right and right. so and just learn learning what it really i mean you're more likely to be abused and trafficked by a family member than not by a mm -hmm. ton you know knowing so and and there's different things like you can do i'm currently trying to pass that legislation wish me luck might take a minute to to oh, prevent right. right anyone taking state funding that's a nonprofit um community theater from casting a sexual offender with minors i mean some of these things seem so obvious but there's there's so many things that that people can do i think the most important thing is just awareness and breaking that cognitive dissonance and recognizing some of the toxic traits that they were accidentally brainwashed to think were good. But furthermore, there are a lot of organizations that are working very hard on research, on awareness, um, on, on legislation, on trainings, police, uh, edu educators. There's this whole movement in Utah right now where these parents are organizing with nasty political people ugh, that are like just making every, like really coming out groups already marginalized the the transgender children you know children who share their who have their shoulders showing whatever it is books that are inclusive efforts for inclusivity and diversity it's like this crazy obsession of that's the enemy no it's not you are believing the baloney and you're actually hurting the cause to fight children when you're pretending that you know, we had bomb threats at a, a bookstore downtown because people who were in drag were trying to read stories to children. I can't take my children to diversity. So, so it's so not only is it not helping solve the problem, but it's actually so off track of what the actual problem is and so much diverting attention to these fake, big, scary conspiracy theory, political talking points. That that is for me. That is the number one thing we are fighting right now to to combat, so we can actually redirect our attention on helping people who are actually trafficked. Wow! So, you know, no, nope. you said it. Right? That's right. Critical thinking <laughs> and start where you are. I mean, I think that's what we can do. Landon, do you have any final thoughts? This has been an absolutely fascinating discussion. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have much. I I just thought uh, I, I pretty much shared what I thought. I felt like the <laughs> the entire system is is participating in this, and that's just so sad. Um, you know. Meanwhile, I see something like uh, you know in the LDS Church where we have kids who the bishop knows is being sexually abused. They call a hotline, and nothing is done to protect these kids. Yet we're sending operatives into Haiti to try to get people to sell kids when they know right where these kids are being hurt at and they feel like they have to do nothing. Uh, you know, to me, this tells why we have to have uh, mandatory reporting for clergy and everybody yes, else. When absolutely. someone knows a kid is hurting or is being hurt, that should be reported regardless. And, and, and that's not happening. And, and the church is one of the ones that is fighting for that legislation. It just, doesn't make sense that you can be this into saving kids and then not do the very simple thing that you could. And that is, you know, make it so you have to report on people hurting kids. Well, and I think that's an, another really important like in, thing people could do on a micro level, too, as as Utahns who are very intricately connected to that church, whether they're members or not, but especially members 
you can't on the one you can't talk out of your mouth on one side and say i want to save these children this is terrible on the other side when you know there's an institution that you will contribute to that is actively aggressively systemically oppressing the voice of the abused and supporting the abusers and we know this factually ap did a great <laughs> research journalism on it we know the helpline exists i firsthand been told you can't report this the bishop says you can't i mean you don't you don't have to whatever your faith journey is like fantastic call out the shit in the institution or else you have no credibility and you're not helping children there it is. I think that might be the title of our thumbnail, Landon. What do you think? <laughs> Monique said it. She absolutely said it. No. And my hope is just the whole OUR thing will will shine a spotlight on all the other things that are happening. And why don't we, you know, look at things on a micro level, so. like you said, and then that spreads out to everything. So right. hopefully. Wow. Right. Well, I mean, these kinds of discussions, they're so important and they literally could go on and on and they are going on and on. And I'm happy to see so many different podcasters um, yeah. or just people picking up and posting like Monique posted. And I jumped right on it and said, let's keep talking because I think now our audience, our listeners and our viewers know just how amazing Monique is. And uh, we're really happy that she's You're our friend and that we have her <laughs> as a resource, you know, because we'll have you back for sure. I mean, this topic is not going away and there'll be more things coming out and we'll continue uh, talking. So everybody, please um, like and subscribe. Please comment and tell us what you're thinking about this entire situation. There's so many twists and turns and ins and outs and multiple facets. Tell us if you ever had any connection to OUR or, or were involved in some way. We'd love to hear all your thoughts. Um, if you'd like to be notified when a new episode of Mormonish comes out, you can hit the notification bell. And if you would like to financially support Mormonish podcast, there are links in the show notes um, to how to donate through PayPal and Venmo. And we just love all our viewers and listeners and all the support that you guys give us we just appreciate you all so much so thank you landon thank you monique thank you, and monique. we will say goodbye from now wonderful conversation thank you everybody bye thanks for joining us for another episode of mormonish we really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share you can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.